Independent-minded with Ronnie Scalzo. How do you really know when something's over? When we consume things, the answer is usually obvious. Your stomach's full, a meal's over. Read the last page of that book, the end. The game clock expires at the end of a football game, game over. The dark side has been defeated by the underdog rebels, the Star Wars trilogy is over. Maybe. But what about when you make stuff? That song you wrote. Another vocal track, maybe? Add some flugelhorn, perhaps? Is the mix good enough? That album you recorded. Four songs? Ten songs? A hundred? When is it time to stop and put it out? And what about your career as an artist? Is five years enough? Ten? Fifty? When is it time to move on to something else? We're living in a pop culture age where reboots and reunions are all the rage. Does that lower the stakes when an artist or a band decides to ride off into the sunset? Because you can always come back, even after you're dead. Don't believe me? Just ask Harry Nielsen Prince and Leonard Cohen. This is the question rolling around along with all the rocks in my head as I sit down in the basement of the Fillmore in Silver Spring, Maryland, waiting to interview Greg Atanito, lead singer of punk rock legends The Bouncing Souls, for episode 110 of the Independent Minded Podcast. And I know Greg. I interviewed him twice while I still lived and worked at the Radio Bubblegum Factory in New York City. Back then, he was promoting a new project he'd started with his wife called Playdate. Tonight, he's performing the next-to-last set of the Bouncing Souls 30-year anniversary tour. 30 years. Think about it. What's the longest you've ever committed to anything in your life? A relationship, a job, a tradition. Has it been three decades? As a race of imperfect humans, we tend to celebrate longevity. Because it's not easy to stay committed to anything. Not to our own creative ventures and not to each other. And talking to Greg for a third time got me thinking about this podcast. When will it end? How will I know when it's over? started Independent Minded in 2012, arguably the worst year of my life. Three episodes in, a hurricane nearly ruined me. It's been a hot topic here on the old podcast, Superstorm Sandy. How nine feet of dirty ocean water changed my life, my record label business, my record collection, and my perspective. And I'm tired of talking about it. And if you've been insane enough to listen since those hurricane days, I'm sure you're tired of hearing about it. It's proverbial dirty water under the bridge. And if I would have stopped this podcast at episode three, the last conversation I would have had was with Greg Adenita. Humble and friendly dude from Jersey, who, like many guests on this podcast who came after him, seems to have it all figured out. His music, his art, his love story. From my vantage point, Greg Adenito has had a wonderful life. He's forged a lifelong bond with his bandmates. He's doing what he loves. He's found a way to co-conspire creatively with the most important person in his world. And since I saw him last, He's co-conspired with his wife to make a baby. He's a dad. So hanging with the Bouncing Souls lead singer seemed a treat. A chance to catch up, a chance to learn a few more life lessons, and a chance to, perhaps, complete the circle on the Independent Minded Podcast as its eighth year in existence comes to a close. Greg and I talk about fatherhood, going vegetarian, the 80s, Bruce Springsteen, and 30 years of the Bouncing Souls. Let's kick off the celebration with one of my all-time favorite Souls songs, from 1995's Maniacal Laughter, Lamar Vinoy, then my conversation with Greg Adonito, right here on Independent Minded. It's Ronnie Scalzo's amazing podcast. It's Ronnie Scalzo's amazing podcast. He's talking to people who make all the music. He's plugging their projects. He's making them famous. He's helping them out just by making them talk about all the bullshit that they do. 
This is a reunion of sorts. Yeah. You may not have remembered this, Greg, but yeah. um, you were on episode three of the Independent Minded Podcast. Then you were on episode 21, and now you are about to be on episode 110. Wow. So either we need to get together more, or I've just been way more prolific since we last spoke. You've been doing some stuff. That's since right. Since I saw you. That's and cool. uh, one of the things that I've been doing is moving down to Washington, D.C. and taking the podcast remotely yeah when you came with shanti to talk up play date and just like everybody else up until about i guess episode 86 or something everybody would, in the city right you were mm -hmm. coming to my den mm -hmm. it's a bitterly cold night and tonight's a great example of why i miss those days where the artists were the ones freezing sure. their buns <laughs> off yeah, coming to hang out with me instead yeah, but sure. i'm glad i'm glad to see you yeah i'm glad to um, finally see the bouncing souls live for the first time in my life oh awesome what is going on with you well, the biggest thing is I had a, a baby boy about two years ago. I believe I heard about that. I want to talk about fatherhood, yeah. Yes. You pretty much just like, you may as well have been put in a rocket ship and flown to another planet <laughs> because that's pretty much what it is. You you see the world in a different way. Your your whole daily experience is a, is a completely different 
you have a different perspective on, on everything. Sure. It's a game changer, to yeah. say the least. Yes. Well, when I saw you last, it was probably 2015 when you came up to be interviewed. Yeah. Was that something, was this planned? No, not at all. I mean, Shanti and I, when we had, uh, we had ever, we have been married for 17 years. We never had any desire, really, a strong desire to have a child. But uh, I laid it out and I was like, if I don't ever give this an opportunity, I might feel like, I regret that a little bit. And so we just stopped using contraception. Oh, this is getting personal, but yeah. But please keep going. And that was there was no effort involved besides that. I mean Well, there te- was some effort. Technically, yeah. No, there was a choice <laughs> that was made. And some effort, yes. A physical obviously. Effort, yeah. But I mean making that choice because it was either that or just decide to like prevent it from happening, you know, because plenty of people go and they try to have children and they never do. So it was like, I'd rather let the universe decide. Otherwise, I feel like if I enforce that choice on, on our relationship, I might regret it. So you dropped all barriers yes. and then just let the universe do the rest. That was it. And, you know, I think a couple of years went by and we just sort of forgot about it. And then uh, Shanti got pregnant and we were like, what? Is this happening? This is happening. Everyone we knew, my family, all my friends had never thought we would ever have kids because we'd been together for already 16 years, married for 16 years. Sure. So I call up my dad. I'm like, Dad, Shanti and I are pregnant. We're going to have a baby. He goes, get out of here. That was his answer. <laughs> that was his response? Yeah, he couldn't believe it. So, yeah, that was it. So your kid's going to be, like, what, two now? A little over two. Obviously, I know you as the lead singer of this band, but I got to know you a little better through the podcast, through a, yeah. a band that plays children's music. Yes. So it's interesting to see that the husband and wife who didn't want to have kids yeah. started a children's music band. Yes. And now has a child. Yes. I came down here to meet you for the interview. We're at the Fillmore in Silver Spring. And um, I saw a few babies yeah. on the way here. And I'm, I wondered to myself, could that be baby Adonito? Well, actually... Pete, the guitar player in the band, he had a boy five months after I did, first of all. Was he jealous or? I guess. (laughs) And then Brian, the bass player, he just adopted a little girl like two weeks ago. What's your reaction to that? Did you you feel like, man, these guys are just, these guys are want to be me? Like, can't they just let me enjoy this on my own? I think it was all... We had an extended childhood, all of us, you know. Sure, We were on tour. Uh, I also tell another story about a good friend who was sort of a mentor for the band back in 89 or 90. And he came over and he was just like this Jamaican guy who was like in the reggae scene and he saw something in us and he would kind of come over and give us these pep talks. He was like, you all got something special. And one of the things that he said was, don't be having no kids. You know, he would tell us these stories about so many great musicians that he knew that ended up, they were having these careers that were starting and they ended up having a kid or two and they ended up having to stop playing and all that. So he was very much in our ear and it soaked into my system deeply because, you know, it was like, I don't want to be a dad that's on tour for 10 months and, and you're essentially, you're not, you're not there. So I think all of us now, it started occurring to us once we, We've changed our whole life in the last five, six years. We don't tour as much. You know, we do like anywhere from like 35 to 45, 50 shows a year, which is still a lot, but it's not like what we used to do. It's reasonable. You can still be a decent dad 
at 30 or 40 shows a year. Well, I, I was going to ask, in spite of the control you have over your tour schedule now, and because of the band's history, yeah, you can kind of make your own rules. Yeah. Do you still like miss the shit out of your kid when you're on tour? I do. And luckily, we only go out for more than two weeks. So I've had some moments for sure, like in the beginning or serious moments where you feel it and uh, it passes. And then obviously Shanti and Ever have made adjustments too and I'm gone. And But I think that's part of life. You know, that's part of being, being a dad. It's part of him growing up as a child to figure out dad's going to go away once in a while and he's going to figure it out. And that's all all part of it. You're here on tour. This is the next to last night of the last leg of your 30th anniversary tour. Yes. How's that gone so far? Man, I'm going to miss the 30-year anniversary. We have had a blast. It's been great shows. It's a combination of, I think, a lot of things. We released a six-song EP. It's called Crucial Moments. And then we put a book together. It's 100 pages of stories and photographs. And um, that was a huge thing, a, a ma major undertaking, which I'm proud of. And then the touring around the world and seeing the response has been awesome. It's just been a blast. And we have, we're having a better time than ever. And I think it's because we have all these other things that are going on in our lives as opposed to in the past when we were just on tour for like nine or ten months. It, it becomes so grueling. So, Well, it's cool to be able to talk to you now at a Bouncing Souls concert because when yeah. I saw you the last two times, we were talking about Playdate. And, of course, I sprinkled in some Bouncing Souls-related questions. But now that Shanti's not here, we can talk about her behind her back. Hopefully yeah. she won't listen to this. Yeah. And um, I can tell you about my history with Bouncing Souls. When cool. The Good, The Bad, and The Argyle came out, I was in college. I was the music director of my college radio station. And I immediately gravitated towards that album. I loved the artwork. I loved the aesthetic style yeah. of the band. One song in particular that always made its way onto mixtapes and stuff like that was um, these are the quotes from our favorite 80s movies. I am a child of the 80s. Yeah. What I loved about that song in particular was there were some samples, but you also kind of literally quoted lines from movies, movies. that I love, like Rambo yes. and uh, Valley Girl. Yeah. And then there was the occasional John Cusack sample in there. Yeah, yeah. We're probably in the same age demographic. What is it about 80s movies, and do you still have an affinity for them, however many years later? I mean, it's been a while. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think it's a combination of things. It was that time of our lives where those, you're really like, those things have a huge impact because you're in that development time as a teenager. Sure. And those particular movies, I think we were fortunate to be teenagers in the 80s because those are some great movies. For sure. They hold up, you know. I can't wait to show them to ever. I'm also, as a dad, experiencing how much, all the things that mean so much to me, they come up in you and you want to share them. So you get that whole new perspective on like, what do I want to actually show to this child? You know, the things that mean most to you, obviously that have the most meaning to you. So those are, are that. And I don't know if it's the magic of the time, great movie making, great writing, a combination of all those things, where we were at in our lives. It was a perfect blueprint for the fun aspects of what the Bouncing Souls were all about. Punk rock takes many yes. different forms. Yes. Uh, people describe it as, as pogo punk. I'm sure you've heard yes. that term a million times. But on a deeper level, a lot of those movies are like, the big themes are like keeping your youthful spirit as sure. opposed to this like crushing like world or whatever the world's going to give you. And like that's certainly... The Bouncing Souls was a, a, literally a mechanism for us to, to keep our youthful spirit. You know, right it was on. like, that's what we sang about. That's what we try to, like, kind of keep for ourselves and share. 
And the new EP is kind of more of a nostalgic a take bit, on that style. A little bit, but it's all new songs, but we did write a song specifically trying in the style of like late 80s and early 90s. It's called 1989, and we thought it was going to be a disaster. I was like, this is terrible. At first, we're like, this is so corny, but we tried, and it ended up being one of our favorite ones. So that's fun when that happens when you're recording, too. The band's from Jersey, but you live in Idaho. Do you still live in Idaho? Correct, yes. How often do you get back to the Dirty Jurors? Probably at least two, three times a year, at least sometimes more. And the last time I talked to you, you yeah. were doing a big mural in Asbury Park. Are yes. You still, is art still a passion for you? Yeah, that mural's on the backside of the Stone Pony in Asbury Park. Cool. I've started doing visual art. I did it as a kid on and off my whole life but then i started doing it steadily on tour posting art and doing auctions for the pieces that so i'll do a piece for the today to commemorate the show and then i auction them and it's just been going and going on it's probably since 2012 it's just been steady and then i people hit me up for commission work as well so i've just been busy it's a great creative outlet and obviously nice to make some money and people enjoy the pieces so it's great over the years of doing this podcast, it's been seven years now. Mm -hmm. You're my first three-time guest. And cool. when I came down here, it was really kind of a crossroads for me because it was a new job, a new gig, a new life, uh, first time living outside of the New York tri-state area. Yeah, that's a big thing for a New Yorker. And the podcast was something I, I kind of had kind of an inner conflict about, should I continue? You right. Know, it's not making me millions. It's not my full-time gig. Mm. It's this thing that I do on the side because I'm an independent musician and I'm passionate about indie music and music in general. Mm -hmm. And also a way for me to talk to artists I grew up listening to, but also newer artists around the scene. Sure. So I, I made a, a choice to continue in the summer of 2018 and I've continued on. I've done two episodes a month every month up until now. Cool. But I feel like now that you're here mm -hmm. and since you were basically episode three yeah that's cool. i think this is time it's time to end it i think this is we've this is the big one <laughs> what's this the is where you're supposed again? to tell me no don't end it because well let's let's put it this way 110 you know there's two ways to do this it's the same as being a band right you can say all right this is the final episode everyone's like no and then you can have your comeback have your reunion tour all right be like kiss and share and <laughs> and basically every band now nine inch nails right or we could just be like Yep, cool. This was great. Episode 110 went really well. See you later, everybody. And then disappear. Well, I just feel like I'm closing the circle, potentially, from, by talking that's to That's great. My two cents is to see how you feel in, like, a little while. If, if you're All inspired right. to do another one, I would do it. If I want to stay regular, I, I don't have a lot of time to think about it. Yeah, right? The next right. one's got to come out to in, go for in about three weeks. Yeah, well, yeah. well, you know, I had some bucket list things that I wanted to do, like some of my favorite all-time artists, my white whales, so to speak. Yeah were part of the motivation for me to continue. Mike sure. Patton of Faith No More and Trent Reznor. That's cool. Guys who are real icons of the indie music scene who started their own labels and, yeah. and you know, are in seven different projects and, yeah. and stuff like that. But I haven't gotten those guys yet. <laughs> yeah. So when I knew I was going to talk to you, I said, man, this would be a great way to kind of complete the circle and move on to whatever's next. So if you're not going to talk me out of it, maybe, maybe, ladies and gentlemen, this is the last episode of Independent Minded. But... Uh, or maybe this is a cliffhanger and you'll have to All right, to Ronnie, my, my question is, do we have to decide right now? No, we don't have to decide. <laughs> okay. I, I just wanted to bring it up to you and get your two cents because, I mean, as somebody who's been in a band for 30 years, in a band with two other guys 
who have been in the band for as long as you have. Yeah. I could probably call some wisdom for you about longevity. Yeah. I mean, it always breaks down to the basics. Like, you have to ask yourself, are you enjoying it? What are you getting out of it? Do you feel like you're inspired? Do you feel like, or, you know, I think, obviously, any of this stuff is going to take some effort and stuff, and you're going to put the energy and time into it. And then you have to figure out that balance of, like, is this worth it to me? And I think that's the thing, because it makes you happy. You're going to put all this effort into it. It makes me happy. I want to do it. Then that's easy. If that's becoming different for you and you're not quite inspired by it, then it's like, okay, maybe I'll put it aside for a minute, and then you can still come back. So That's what I would maybe go I'll t- Maybe I'll go on hiatus, right? That's what exactly. bands do. Bands they go do on that. hiatus. Yeah. That's a big thing. We did that, too. When you ask yourself those questions and you look in the mirror with this band, yep. what does Mirror Greg Adonito say? <laughs> Mirror Greg Attenito is like way smarter than regular Greg Attenito. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? I hope so. <laughs> I think it's that. I think it's a matter of asking the questions to yourself, like just basic questions. And, and am I enjoying it? As far as being in the Bouncing Souls, when I asked Mirror Greg about that, Mirror Greg said, Look, not doing the Bouncing Souls would suck. Doing too much of the Bouncing Souls, we have done that. That sucks too. So there's some place in the middle that's been like trial and error for all of us to figure out. And that's the fun zone. You got to find that moderation, right? Exactly. Just like anything else. Exactly. It's almost New Year's. It's a time for resolutions and something because of my cholesterol and because of my fondness for animals. Mm-hmm. Vegetarianism is something that I'm considering dabbling in. Okay. When you came up the last time, you mentioned that you were a vegetarian, and I asked if you miss hamburgers, and you said, I don't even don't remember what a hamburger tastes like. Yeah. I hadn't eaten one for a couple of years, and I tried one, and I was like, ah, I didn't even like it anymore at all. Yeah. So how do I get started? Is this there a way to dip my, my pinky toe cents. in the water? I think dabbling is exactly the word you should do. You shouldn't make rules for yourself. Food has to have, you have to enjoy yourself it, without... The joy of food, you know, if you're going to be miserable, don't do that. But we've been brought up in a world where meat is thought of as being a necessary thing in every meal. It's not. You're Italian. There is a plate of vegetables and pasta that you can survive and live well on. You know what I mean? But I also love soppressata. Exactly. But the basic idea is people don't need as much meat as they think they do. It's a fine line between me. I just actually, and they might just enjoy eating it. But it's not necessary. So I think just cutting back is very is a success. If you can just trim back from here to, to there and then go from there. All right. So I'm writing down my life lessons here. Moderation with a podcast. Moderation. <laughs> moderation with meat. Yes, there's one answer for everything. <laughs> well, it's cool to talk to you before a show because I get to ask those questions that I wouldn't ask if you were coming up to a radio station. What are some pre-show rituals that you've been um, accustomed to over the years as a vocalist? I have a a vocal warm-up, which I actually got from Al Barr from the Dropkick Murphys. One one day we were on tour, and I was at my voice was not doing well. He gave me his vocal warm-up, and it's been great. It just works really well. Just as a cool side note, Al Barr from the Dropkick Murphys has only one vocal cord. Really? Yeah, he had this like throat infection or disease of some sort, had this gnarly surgery came back and the doctor's like you know he's like what do you do for a living he's like i'm a singer and you know (laughs) so 
that's how he essentially got like a great vocal coach. And the doctor told him you're essentially going to be a one-legged marathon runner. But he has a great vocal warm-up, which is awesome. So that's one. I think it's important to the band just sort of vibes and hangs out together. Like if we don't see each other at all and we just run on stage, it's also something that's Affects not a good idea. Right. Yeah, like just chill out for 10, 20 minutes and we're all like in the same room or whatever. That helps. Eating a bit. Again, moderation. Don't eat too much. <laughs> Nobody, you can't go on stage with a full stomach or it's bad. <laughs> 30 years of the Bouncing Souls, what's the secret to the success of that longevity? We definitely survived those moments by breaking it down to the basics, like what we love about it. We still want to do this because we love the music. We love performing. We love each other. We care about each other. So I think without that, it probably wouldn't have lasted those tough moments. It sounds like the answer you gave when I asked about your marriage. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it is the same it's thing. A, a, as any relationship, <laughs> it sort of breaks down to the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you care about each other enough to make the effort to get to the next place? If it's still not working, then you have to assess that. And the same with the uh, people who love the music. So we care about them. We care about that they can't love our music so much. You know, There's meaning there. So there's meaning for us and them to continue and make it work. So then it's about how we make it so we can enjoy it and do it to our, the level that makes sense to us. You grew up in the suburbs of Jersey. The yes. band started in New Brunswick. Yep. Who were your inspirations growing up? Where did the origin of Greg Aftonito, the vocalist, begin? Musically, it was like Bruce Springsteen and... and um, That's very cliche. Ramones. It's completely cliche. <laughs> can't take bruce out of the picture because no that's totally okay yeah. his music was there but he was so big at the time he was from freehold you know so it was very much in my world you know like here's a person that came from my world and uh i think that that had a huge impact you know and i saw him you know saw sixty thousand people singing hungry heart at giant stadium in 1984 or something and That'll leave him more. Changed my life, you know, forever. That was just like a massive impact on me. So then I was on a quest to create the, the greatest sing-along ever. I can imagine for a band that's toured as much as the Bouncing Souls has, yeah. coming back for a 30th anniversary tour, running into old friends, fans, yeah. venues, people. Like, do yeah. you have any stories about that? Like people that you've reunited with who you probably haven't seen in a long time? Last night, I saw Joe from a veil who I hadn't seen probably since we toured Europe in 1998 or something. So yes, lots of people coming out like that. And uh, we had a fun thing happen in Philadelphia, which was sort of a gift from Philly in a way for us after almost so many years of going there, we booked and sold out a show at the TLA. So the show is booked, it's sold out. And then the promoters said, all right, maybe we'll add a show the next day. And they didn't put two and two together, but they had booked the Misfits in town the same night. So after the show was booked, people were buying tickets. Our manager figured it out. And there he was like, hey, uh, the Misfits are playing with the Dropkick Murphys and Agnostic Front that night. You know? Oh, wow. They're the same promoter. It's like, this was a bad idea, you know? So they were like, oops, yeah, our bad. Maybe we're trying to think of solutions, like maybe put us on that bill, but that didn't work. So that we decided to go with a matinee show. And then we said, okay, we'll agree to do the matinee. How about you guys give us a box for the Misfits show? So we got a, they're like, okay, yeah, good as deal. As Jersey boys, that's, that's yeah. got to be super cool. Exactly. Right on. So we played 
the show that night show then we played the matinee and then we all packed in and like went out to the, the misfit show as a bunch of buds oh, super and cool. hung out in the box all right that's a cool story it was sure. a cool like 30 year anniversary thing and some of our friends that you know we haven't seen or like our friends from jersey came down and hung out too like we'd never go to shows together we used to go to shows together you all know the time, in right, the 90s younger, right. yeah when, so we all were, were there her. like a pack of like <laughs> Old buds. So I think that might have been the, the party culmination of the 30-year anniversary tour of the Misfits. Yeah. One thing I learned before this interview that I never realized, is it pronounced Chunksaw? Chunksaw, that's it. That's your record label? Yes. It's a record label that the band started. Yes, with Kate Hiltz, yes. Now, you've been on Epitaph, you've been on Rise, like you've worked with other mm-hmm. influential punk labels. Yeah. But I didn't realize until this very moment that Chunksaw was a label that you started years and years ago. We did. What was the genesis for that? It was the moment when we decided we were going to put out our own music. We tried getting on other labels and we were just wasting our time doing that. Right. Which is what I tried to do maybe 15 years after you did. Yeah. Not as successfully. (laughs) See, it's not easy. Yeah. So our friend Tim Chunks ended up loaning us some money for it. And that's how we we couldn't have a name. I think I know the origin of the name. Yes. (laughs) So Tim Chunks, Chunks, uh, and uh, that's how. Where's the the ah come in though? It was an imitation of how he would talk. So it was oh, like okay. sort of like this. Uh, Chunksa. Is that exaggeration? That's so how you have to say it? Chunksa, yeah. What's next? You got one more show on this tour. We have to wait for the 40th anniversary tour? Or you know, what, what, do you get, what plans do you guys have? Next is, so we've been doing this acoustic set, preset. I saw this year. on your website. Yes. We've gotten really comfortable with doing it because it's not something we did much of. And so throughout the year, we we're talking about it. And we decided we're going to record an acoustic record next year. So we're kind of prepped for that. We're going to record in February and March, and that'll come out later in the year. And essentially, it's going to be sort of a selection of Bouncing Souls sort of greatest hits, a couple of deep cuts, and then maybe one new song. I'm psyched for it. It's going to be cool. I'm psyched to see this tonight. I'm glad yeah. that you made the time to talk to me on the end of the tour. We've come full circle. Episode 3, episode 21, episode 110. If this is it, it's been a blast, Ronnie. You <laughs> rocked it. What a way to go out. Greg Ananito, <laughs> Bouncing Souls. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate the time. Thanks. Thank you. We came together.
That was crucial moments from the Bouncing Souls. Earlier in the podcast, we heard Lamar Vinoy. Get the goods. Find out more at bouncingsouls.com. Big thanks once again to Greg for the great conversation, the band's tour manager, Matt Gear for the hospitality, and James Goodson at Let's Go Publicity for hooking up the interview. And to you, loyal listener, I saved the last dance. 24 more interviews this year, 24 more episodes, and you were there. <laughs> at least for this one. Don't forget to leave a kind review on Apple Podcasts, listen on Spotify, Pandora, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and iFartRadio. I didn't fart. Oh, iHeartRadio. Yeah, whatever. Tell your friends, tell your mom what a podcast is, maybe even show her how to listen. Follow me online at Bald Freak Music and hear archived episodes direct from the source at baldfreak.com slash podcast. Finally, I'd like to thank my staff and my crew for making this podcast happen. Thank you, Ron. You're welcome, Ron. Damn, you're still sexy. Right back at you.